Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions. I'm hoping you can explain the hit on metals of mining. Quick question on ticker symbol AG, first majestic. My wife has a rollover 401k from a previous employer. I was curious if this is eligible to be used to do a backdoor Roth. And provides unbiased answers. Well, that's pretty easy. Open up a Roth account, start moving the assets over there. Just know that every asset that you move over to the Roth is added to your income. Invest Talk across America and around the world. Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Everybody and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Tuesday, May 17th, 2022. I'm Steve Peasley, and of course, I love doing this show every day that I do it. Justin and I switch off these days. I've been, I did it for from 1999 to 2000, no, 19 uh, to 2020. 1999 to 2020, every day, Monday through Friday. And then uh, I now have Justin helping me do it which is very helpful. Um, I don't have any hidden agendas. We never do here on Invest Talk. I'm not trying to push anything on you. We're not, we're not that way. That's not how we work. In fact, you drive the show in the direction you want with the questions you ask. Now, it's got to be financial questions, but you can ask any financial question you want. And hopefully my job and Justin's job, we're here to help you understand the environment we're in. Now, there's two kinds of environment. There's the immediate environments happening right now, and there's the background environment that we're dealing with. That background environment we're dealing with is it, it, trying to simplify this is, is hard, but think of it this way. If the background environment that you're dealing with is loosening or tightening money supply, the money that's in the system, loosening or tightening that means we'll have a bias for a bear market or a bias for a bull market. Loose money is very bullish. Tight money is very bearish. Wow, what does that mean? Tight, loose, what does that mean? Well, one of the easiest ways to watch that is to watch the Federal Reserve. Are they raising interest rates? Or are they reducing interest rates? These are things that if they're raising interest rates, that means they are tightening the money supply, making it more difficult to get loans, making it more expensive if they raise interest rates. When they loosen the interest rates, that means they're making it easier to get money and spend it. So I, I, that's kind of the background. Now, the immediate background we're dealing with is the Fed's tightening money, and the market doesn't like it, and it's very volatile right now. But as long as in the background is the Fed's going to be trying to tighten money, reducing money supply, that means they're tightening the system, tightening the money in the system, which makes growth more difficult for the economy. So that's a quick lesson on what's happening. 
And that's one of my jobs here on the show, to explain to you what's happening. But the important thing you have to do is worry about your financial future. With whatever background you're dealing with, you have to rem- you have to grow your money in one way or another. You have to protect it, grow it, you know, and m- manage it. That's your job, especially as you grow it for retirement. Remember, you need to get from a place where you're working for the money to a place where the money is working for you. That's a change. Today, if you're a working age person, you're working for the money. Working on getting to a point where it will make money for you. Money making money for you. That's the goal. Because that's what you're going to need in retirement. Whatever age you retire, it doesn't matter. And you got to deal with the volatility while all that is going on. you got to deal with it. Understand it. Why is it happening? So every day we see examples Unpredictable, you know, see examples of unpredictable events that eventually seem to affect us all in some way. Inflation is the the word today, right? Inflation, inflation, inflation. That's the problem today. Well, that will change someday. It won't be a problem. We didn't have a problem with inflation for years. Now we do. What does that mean from a macro and a micro Point of view. What does that mean? Macro means overall, big. Micro in the smaller today context. Okay? So, today on this podcast, we're going to operate with the same mission statement we do every day, independent thinking and shared success. And, of course, that is your assurance that we're going to be fair about whatever we talk about. Fair and honest about our processes, our educational segments, fair and honest and forthright. Nothing nothing hidden, no hidden agendas, no bias. So I encourage you to contact me with your financial investment questions. You can do that. You can do it right now. And drive the show in the direction you want. So my number, we're open, we're live, four to five, Monday through Friday. Monday through Friday, we're live. So we're open for your questions right now. And of course, if you can't call during the live show, you can always leave a question at our voice bank and we'll get to it later. Either way, the number never changes, 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. So let's get right to our first listener question right now. Hi, Justin or Steve. I'd like to get your thoughts on Big Five Sporting Goods, ticker symbol BGFV. They're down about 50% the past year. They have a low trailing PE of three, dividend paying pretty high 8%. I was wondering if you guys thought this would be a good buy for some a little bit of growth appreciation and collecting some dividends while I wait. It's supposed to increase earnings next year a bit, and it's on the low end of its PE range. Um, do you think this is a value trap with a looming recession and people spending less on goods and more on services, or do you think this is a good buy? Thank you. Bye. Big Five Sporting Corporation operates 431 athletic apparel and outdoor equipment stores in, in uh, 11 states. They're out here in the West. Uh, they're going to make $2.41 this year. That's down from $0.02. Cents la- well, actually, $1.02 from last year. They made $3.43 a share in 2021. This year, $2.41. Next year, $2.63. It's a $13.49 stock. The problem we have is sales are shrinking. Uh, they shrank 11% in the most recent quarter. Before that, it was quarter before that was 6% shrinkage and 5% shrinkage before that. The four, a year ago, they grew 43%. So the problem is, is 
It's not a very expensive. It's a very small company, only $299 million in size, $300 million market cap. But the price to sales ratio is very good because they're selling $242 uh, million dollars worth of products next year, next quarter, this current quarter. Uh, so it's a pretty reasonable dividend. You buy this for the dividend, seven point four percent, and the dividend is not in danger. Okay, the dividend is you know pretty low. So don't buy it for growth because it's not going to grow much. You buy it for the dividend. Okay, good. Not, doesn't have much debt. That's good. Management owns eight percent. That's very good. Mutual funds are slowly buying it. That's also very good. So it's got some good things with going for it. That's BGFV is in Victor, everybody. My focus point today is based on a story or a question. Is calculating a worst-case recession scenario a realistic exercise? Is calculating a worst-case recession scenario a realistic exercise? Should we be worried about the worst-case scenario? Okay, you know, so we'll we'll talk about that. I also want to talk about in high inflation, Buffett says you have to look for these two characteristics in buying stocks. You know, Buffett is a value investor, value. He doesn't like overpaying for things. Does He kind of stays away from tech, even though he's, he has a big position in Apple. But we'll talk about that. Exxon and Shell oil companies come up empty on new oil drilling in Brazil. Hmm, Brazil. This is something I want to talk about. Oil is going to be very important. It's going to still be a very important commodity going forward. Where demand, worldwide demand for oil is going up for the next 10 years, not down. So oil is still going to be very, very important. And finally, Bank of America clients are hoarding cash. Highest level in 20 years. Is that bearish or bullish, do you think? Do you have an opinion? Is it bearish or bullish that the Bank of America clients are hoarding the most cash since 20 years ago? We'll talk about that. The market had a big update today. So Friday was up. Yesterday was kind of mixed on the downside. Today it was up. The Dow was up 431 points. The NASDAQ up 322. And the S&P up 81 points. So a pretty decent day. We're having that relief rally. We're having it. We talked about it on the radio. I'm sure Justin mentioned it. I know I did. That we're due for a relief rally. This was a couple weeks ago, last week. We're due for a relief rally, and here we're having it. This is it. Do not get excited. <laughs> Do not. Because the macro environment we're in and the overall environment we're in is that the Fed is tightening money supply, and that's bearish, not bullish. So it's now you can say that maybe the market's oversold. Is it? Well, that's why we're having this relief rally. That'll remove the oversold situation, and then we'll revert back to the, what it is, what direction the stocks are going to take based on the micro macro environment. We're moving toward a break, everybody, but I'm going to be here anywhere for the next 45 minutes. This is time to call and ask your questions. The number is always open, 888-99-CHART. 
Why do listener questions make Invest Talk better? Which of these would you recommend? Because each caller presents fresh questions in their voice. I was curious if you still think aluminum has a ways to go from here. When do I know the right time to take profits? Should I be looking for an exit? Should I be holding here? And listeners instinctively realize that Invest Talk uniquely offers a welcome dose of investing satisfaction. I think you have a terrific show, and I've learned a whole lot. Hey guys, love your show. Uh, I've been listening for several years now, and I've learned a lot. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley understand what investors need and want. I would look at it from a tax perspective. If there's no tax implications, move on, find better ways to use that money. I'm going with the odds. I think a half position now would at least get you in it and get you watching it so you won't lose track of it. Don't forget to call Investor 888-99-CHART. Now, each time I host the Invest Talk podcast, I have the satisfaction of taking caller questions and then breaking down the often complex dynamics involved. If you've never called, don't hold back. You can leave your Invest Talk questions on the 24 7 anytime listener line at 888 99 chart. 888 We're going to talk to Jordan and Dana Point right down the street from me, Dana Point, California. Hi, Jordan. Jordan? Hey, Steve. How you doing? I'm good. Thanks for the oh. call. Awesome. Yeah, so I got a question about uh, Qualcomm. I um, own some. It's had a dip, but I still like the company. I was wondering if, if now is a good time to buy more. Well, it's interesting because it's coming right up against a really strong support about 120, 125. It's at 139.69, so I don't think it's going to fall below that support line. Uh, because they grow their money and they grow in their sales and they're doing a pretty pretty big way. Uh, they're gonna make thirteen dollars and twenty six cents next year, and it's one hundred thirty nine dollars stock. So you're looking at a, what ten eleven PE, and the last five years the lowest PE they had was eleven. So uh, I th- it's one hundred twenty two percent return on equity. It's very good company to own. Very well run. Um, mutual funds have been buyers over the last year, slowly buying. 41% of the company is owned by uh, institutions. Um, I think you're a, you want to be a buyer at this point. I think you buy. if it, As I said, if it goes down to 120, which I think it could do, that would be that's about 122 is the, the bottom. 122. And it could go there. And uh, by the summer, it might be there, and I would definitely be picking buying it if it was, if it does. Okay. Thanks for Thank the, you. Thanks for the call. Appreciate that. Okay, let's go to. Uh, okay, this is a, 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 a iTunes review question. JDC Auburn wants to talk about Goodyear tire. GT is a simple for Goodyear tire. Uh, Goodyear seems a little undervalued and with good upside potential. I have a couple of hundred shares and am looking at accumulating more and keeping for five years or more. Unfortunately, for the past couple of years, Goodyear pays no dividend. What do you think? Well, Goodyear has a lot of debt. That's what I think. Companies with lots of debt are a danger. And I, I'm not, even though they are going to make $2.77 next year, which is up from 201 and it's a $12 stock, so it's a very low price stock. But it tends to always be a lowest price stock. I do think it's probably gonna the pre, fair value is around twenty bucks, not twelve. 
and sales growth is strong, but it's very cyclical. If we're going into recession, it will not work. It will not work. Okay, we are moving into a break. I'm here taking your calls live here on InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Each day, InvestTalk listeners submit their finance and investment questions via phone or email. Would you like your question to be put near the top of the list? Just take a minute or two to leave a review and rating for InvestTalk at iTunes. And be sure to include a brief question with your iTunes review comments. Okay, my focus point today is based on the question, is calculating a worst-case recession scenario a realistic exercise? Baked into uh, one downbeat forecast is the belief that the economic growth will falter in the world's most advanced economies, plural, economies. So let's take a look. This is Goldman Sachs, by the way, and in an article uh, from Fortune, um, they... They forecast, they all do, the big houses always do, and they forecast best-case scenario and worst-case scenario, and uh, and they're talking about for the economy and then thus the stock market, okay? Um, in their worst-case scenario, they're only talking about a 10% further fall from where we are. I thought that was kind of mild. Now, we've what? Fell, what, 17% or something like that for the the S&P 500, so that's what, 27% total from the high to the low? And that would be 37% or 38% for the NASDAQ? Okay, their best case scenario is up like 5%. So the worst and the best aren't that far apart, in my opinion, from Goldman Sachs forecasts. Now, I'm telling you, I think the worst-case scenario is much worse than that. Uh, I can buy that best-case scenario, but I'm having trouble buying only a 10% further fall in the worst-case scenario. Remember, this is the worst-case scenario. That means the uh, U.S. and the rest of the world, first economies, all going to recession, uh, where all, all GDP is shrinking, on and on and on. Well, Goldman Sachs' best guess is that we're going to grow about 2% uh, GDP this year and a little over 1% next year. So they calculate 2.6% growth this year, 2.6. Uh, and they they then forecast 1.6% for next year. Okay? And so for the so that's what their their projections are. That tells you that they say we're if we go into recession, it's going to be very short, not very deep, because to get to a one point something percent growth, you have to have growth, and the first quarter was shrinkage. Our first quarter was shrinkage in the United States. The GDP shrank. So we got to make up for that. And at the same time, Fed's raising interest rates. So the question is, how far are they going to raise rates? And that's really what they're looking at. What will, How tight is the Fed going to become? Very interesting forecast. And mind you, they change their forecasts all the time. So 
Never, never buy into any one thing and therefore, okay, that's the way it's going to be. No, that's their best guess. Let's go to Robert in Pleasanton. How are you doing, Robert? Hey there, Steve. Doing great. How about you? I'm good. Thanks for the call. Calling today about Starwood, the, the REIT. Okay. And just wanted to get your opinion. Okay. It has a very attractive yield. Yeah, it does. Uh, it's a REIT, Real Estate Investment Trust, and we've talked about many times what a REIT is. It's focused on primarily on originating financing management, managing mortgages. Okay, so it manages mortgages is what it does. It has an 8.1% yield. It's a $23.81 stock, going to make $2.28 next year after making two eighteen this year. That's down from two sixty three last year. So this stock really doesn't fluctuate a lot. It, of course, it did in the COVID year, right? I mean, it did really tank that, that year. But then came back to what it normally is, and that's in the low 20s. Okay? You buy this for the yield. And it looks to me that the cash flow is there. I see no reason why they can't maintain that about 8.1%. They do have a lot of debt, which worries me a little bit. I would look into the debt and see how much of it is long-term locked in low rates. Uh, but, you know, remember, that's not how they make money. They, 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 they are, they're financing. They're financing a mortgage company. So interest rates going up will hurt their earnings to some degree. I just don't know how much. Thanks for the call, Robert. Let's go to Richard in Valencia. Hi, Richard. Hi, Steve. You have a great show. Thank you. I uh, wanted to ask you about Palantir Technologies. This is a, you know, a stock that came out as an IPO at about 10, and it, it went way up to 30, maybe close 40. to 40 at one yeah. point. Mm-hmm. And uh, it has taken a tremendous beating uh, over, you know, especially during this, uh, uh, the growth stocks just, you know, tanking and everything, uh, this type of stock. But I'm just wondering about this particular stock, uh, you know, buying it and just putting it in in a drawer and uh, okay. watching it, you know, looking five years down the road with this one because okay. it seems like it's also uh, it's pretty pretty cheap from what it was. Okay, well we're going to have to pick it up after the break because uh, I'm right up against it, so I will pick it up. Uh, since we end the break, I have a trivia question, so I may have to finish. You know. Uh, Inflation is hovering near 40-year high. Consumers are losing buying power at a faster-than-usual rate, right? So as we go to break, here's the trivia question. How fast does inflation cut buying power? At the break, I'll give you the answer. But for now, my phone lines are open, 888-99-CHART. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture? I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in, patented speech recognition engine called True Accent, 
So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value, so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. Investors, the goal of achieving financial freedom requires unbiased information, strategic planning, and determination. Congratulations, you found the podcast that is dedicated to helping you succeed. Invest Talk. Steve and Justin welcome your questions anytime on the Invest Talk listener line, 888 99Chart. Okay, we had a question about Palantir, which we're going to get to. And, of course, I want to answer the trivia question first. Uh, so the trivia question is, how, how fast does inflation cut buying power? In other words, in, in your money, how, much, how fast does it cut into it where you have to spend more and more money to buy the same things? According to the U.S. Department of Labor, the Consumer Price Index just recently, uh, inflation gauge, right, 8.3%. Okay, that was there, April. Uh, the largest jump since 1982, by the way. So how fast does inflation cut into buying power? So here's what you need to know to figure this out. You need to know the so-called Rule of 72. It's a general approximate principle that investors often use to gauge how quickly money will double in value. So how does the Rule of 72 work? Divide 72 by the annual interest rate to determine the amount of time it takes for an investment to double. For example, a mutual fund that yields 2% a year will double in 36 years. One with a 6% return will double in 12 years. Okay, pretty simple. So what about calculating inflation? Well, the rule of 72 also works with inflation, but in reverse. It approximates the length of time for money to lose half its value. So, if April's 8.3% inflation rate were to remain constant, money would lose half of its value in only nine years. So, uh, you bought some for $100 today, it, you know, it, you're only going to buy half of that stuff eight, nine, nine years from now if the inflation stays the same. So that's how that works. Okay, back to the question from Richard. Richard, you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. So Palantir had a really tough earnings report, right? They missed. Uh, they they made the sales number, but missed on the earnings. And the death of the stock, which went down twenty percent, was because their forecast was much weaker. Also, they wrote down a, a, a fifty million or so dollars in their investments in SPACs. Those SPACs, those special purpose 
acquisition companies. Uh, so they lost money in that. So the N2 um, analysts downgraded the stock all at the same time. The stock went down 20%. Now, you're asking, is it a good long-term hold? Well, what do they do? This is PLTR, everybody. They develop software for institutions to protect individual privacy and prevent the misuse of information. I do love that sector they're in. That's a very good sector. Okay, so and their growth sales growth is pretty strong in the low 30% range last three quarters per quarter. Before that was higher than that, but still, that's pretty strong. They're going to make $0.16 cents a share this year and $0.24 cents a share next year. It's $8.36 stock. So it's still pretty darn expensive, even though it's fallen really hard. So um, if you're going to buy and put it away in the drawer, that might work because it's going to take a long time, a long time for this to you know, come back because it's a growth stock in an environment, a background environment where growth stocks are not working. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's going to have to be real patient with it. Right, okay. Okay? So long, maybe good. Maybe good, yes. Long, long term. <laughs> long, long term, yes. Okay, thanks, Richard. Let's go to Edgar in San Diego. He wants to talk about energy. Hi, Edgar. Yes, hi, Steve. How are you this afternoon? I am very good, and I do thank you for the call. Oh, sure. Always my pleasure. Uh, Steve, I'm trying to increase my exposure to energy sector. Okay. And then I have two uh, ETFs. One of them is the iShare and the other one is from Fidelity. Okay. The one from Fidelity, F-E-N-Y. Fidelity Miscellaneous Energy Index? Yes. Okay. Frank, Edward, Nancy, Yellow. Got it. And mm-hmm. then the iShare one is the IEO. What's your question? Ice cream, Edward. My question is, uh, what's your opinion? Which one do you think has a better uh, value? Okay, what's the other symbol? I what? E-O? I, I-E as Edward, uh-huh. O as Oscar. Okay. iShares Oil and Gas Exploration. Okay, so that's an ETF. IEO is an ETF seeking performance of Dow Jones to U.S. select oil exploration. exploration. Okay, the other one uh, is not. That's more of just a pure energy play. So if I was to pick one, it would probably be not IEO, not IEO. If I was to pick one, but you know, why don't you consider some big uh, integrated oil companies instead of ETFs? Is there a reason? Uh, well, you know, I want to. I want to keep my risk a little bit lower. Okay, then you know that's a very good answer for that question I gave you. Yeah, there's the, the, <laughs> both of both of these would lower the risk because they invest in a bunch of different companies. Where if you bought yeah. a big integrated oil company, something could happen specific to that company and you get hurt. So it is more risky, and this is less risky. So okay, good luck with it. Hope it works for you. Thanks, Edgar. Appreciate the All call. All right, thanks a lot. Thank you. Let's go to, uh, we're going to go to Dan in San Francisco. Hi, Dan. Hey, Steve. How are you doing today? I'm good. Good, good. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I've got a question about the TJ Maxx, TJX. Okay. Stock symbol. 
TJ. Um, it's been dropping. It's been dropping uh, uh, pretty pretty good at a pretty good rate um, okay. lately, and it's got is uh, forward PE ratios seems to be steady. Um, you know the other numbers, DV to EBITDA, EBITDA um, whatever that is, is a little bit high, but the debt um, is twelve point five, and free cash flow is two hundred one billion. Uh-huh. Um, the row is fifty two percent. So I, I can't figure out what's going on with this. Okay. Why it's dropping so much? Okay. Uh, let's take a look. GJ Max, TJX. Uh, they operate four thousand seven hundred off price apparel and home goods stores. Um. They're going to make three dollars and sixteen cents this uh, no two eighty five this year, uh, back to a little bit above pre COVID annual earnings. Next year three sixteen and the year after that three sixty two. So earnings are going up. Sales in recent four quarters are pretty strong and growing. Uh, it's a fifty six dollar stock. This is where I think you're coming into a problem. Uh, the stock price is $56, and it's going to make $3.62 next year, and that gives you a 15, 15 half P.E., which is a fair market value, okay? So the return to equity is very high. Cash flow is very good. Dividends not bad at 2.1%. Um, mutual funds are slowly buying. So all those things look pretty decent, other than it's a clothing company whose who's price is not cheap. Right now, it's reasonable. Right now, today, as it fell from, you know, 70-whatever, uh, $77 uh, share down here to 56 Now is a reasonable price. It looks like there's a lot of support around $50 on the chart, $50. And I wouldn't be surprised if it goes there. So it's not, like, cheap. It's just reasonably priced right now. But it's a good, solid company. It really is, Dan. Thanks for the call. Yeah. Appreciate it. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Yeah. Not much debt. I mean, they're, they're, run, they're running their company very well. They are, really are. Okay. Um, in high inflation, Buffett says to look to these two characteristics. So you're going to buy companies that have these two characteristics in a high inflationary environment. And it, it's obvious to why he's saying these two things, and I'll, I'll explain. You want to buy a company that that has the power to increase prices easily. In other words, they don't have a lot of competition. They have a high moat that, that other people, other companies would have trouble easily raising their rate, uh, their prices. And he's telling you buy companies that can do that. And the second rule is buy companies. They have the ability to expand their business without having to spend excessively to do so. Okay, well, what's an example? He gave four examples. That's why I can bring them up because he's given them, not me. He gave four examples, American Express, Coca-Cola, Apple, and Chevron. So American Express, you know, how many competitors do they have? They have UPS. Amazon's trying, Right. But they can easily raise their prices. And if they do, they don't have to spend a lot more money to have more business. They don't have to go out and buy a whole number more fleet of airplanes. They've got plenty of airplanes. Uh, you know, Coca-Cola, brand, huge brand. They don't, they, got, you know, they don't need to open another factory. And how hard is it come to, to open up another competitor to Coke? I mean, there's all kinds of competitors, and they t- tend to buy a lot of them. Apple, well, that speaks for itself. Chevron, big oil company. 
How are you going to compete? They already have huge deposits of oils around the world like Exxon, right? So it'd be hard to compete on their side. They can raise their prices. They don't have to spend a lot of extra money to, to increase <coughs> increase their output. They don't. Those are the kind of companies he is suggesting. Okay? Okay, so I think it's worth a little minute or two to tell you about the benefits of KPP Financial, Justin Klein and I's firm. We are based in Irvine, California, which is in Orange County between LA and San Diego County. And we, uh, KPP Financial, operate with philosophy, independent thinking, shared success. And we mean we share that success with you. That's who we're sharing it with. How do we do that? Well, we buy the same stocks for ourselves. We do our own research. We do our own homework. And we buy companies we think we want to own. And so we buy them for us. And we buy them for you at the same price, same time. So in our five different programs that have different risk tolerances in each one, we buy the same thing for us. We're in those programs with our own money. So these are in it's your account. You're not. It's not a mutual fund or anything like that. It's your individual account. We just buy the same stocks, the same price, same percentage of your portfolio, in the same day. The sell side, the same thing. We sell everything out, same day, same price for everybody. Now, there's a method in how we do that, and be happy to explain that. We would like to give you the opportunity for us to take a look at your portfolio. We'll take a look at your portfolio. You don't have to become a client. We'll tell you how much risk there is in it, or if it's out of balance, or you know, try to get a feel for you, what kind of risk you're comfortable with, and try to tell you, we will tell you if you're taking the proper amount of risk to match your personality. If we can talk to you for 15, 20 minutes, we'll get a good feel of that. We've been doing this a long time. We know. So we really are a different kind of money management firm. And we can help you, and we want to help you. So give us a call. Next up, we'll go back to the Talk Voice Bank. Remember, the phone lines never close. 888-99-CHART. Why do listener questions make Talk better? Which of these would you recommend? Because each caller presents fresh questions in their voice. When do I know the right time to take profits? And listeners instinctively realize that Talk uniquely offers a welcome dose of investing satisfaction. I think you have a terrific show, and I've learned a whole lot. So don't forget to call Talk 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve or Justin. This is Vishnu from New Jersey. I'm a long-time listener to your show, and I love your show. I've learned a lot from you guys. Thank you so much. Today, I'm calling to know what's your opinion on Nokia. Take a symbol N-O-K. Thank you. Not my favorite company. Now, they used to be a darling of the stock market, but in the last 10, 15 years, no. Nokia, they're out of uh, Finland. As finished developer of telecom infrastructure, mobile broadband technologies, and digital map networks, which should make it a pretty, pretty strong company. They are $28 billion in size. The stock price is $5.04 per share. They're going to make $0.42 cents this year. They made $0.42 cents last year. They're going to make $0.47 cents next year. 2020, they made $0.31. Cents. In 2017, they made 38 cents a share. I mean, where are they going? Nowhere. So you're going to buy this company for the dividend, but it only pays three-tenths of 1% dividend. Why would I buy that? So there's no reason to buy this company. 
They're going to make 47 cents. Okay. Their PE range is 8 to 28. So if even you multiply 8 times 47 cents, what do you get? Okay. So uh, the stock could go down lower. (laughs) So if it sells for a 10 PE, Based on next year's earnings, which, by the way, is the highest earnings they've had in per share in the last ten years, would be a four dollars and seventy cents stock, and it's at five oh four. Don't fall in love with it because it's only five dollars stock. Doesn't mean that's cheap. It's cheap only relationship to its shares. And do you realize if it falls below five dollars, the, they may get kicked off the New York Stock Exchange. You got to you got to be a certain price. So I, I, I'm not a fan of Nokia. So no, I, I, I'm going to tell you, no, don't buy it. Okay? So uh, let's talk about Exxon on Shell. Oh, I've only got a minute. Okay, I want when we come back, I'm going to talk about Exxon and Shell and how they had came up empty in drilling for oil in Brazil. Why? 888-99-CHARGE, our number. Give us a call, everybody. Your objective is to work hard, plan well, and achieve financial freedom, right? You're in luck because Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your finance and investment questions. Call 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Okay, Exxon and Shell are drilling in Brazil. They have some... uh, Drilling rights, uh, they own most of the drilling, drillings, the, the lease space they take, and, and they're coming up empty. They're coming up empty. Now, remember, a few weeks back, I told you that Exxon found a huge deposit off of Guiana and Sierra Leone, which are right next to Brazil, if I remember right. But they, they're not finding anything new yet. In Brazil now, you would think that then that means that Brazil's output's going to go down. Nope, it's going to go up a billion, a million barrels a day next year. It will start if they don't find big deposits, which seem to be having trouble with their their output will start to fall in the 2030s sometime. So they're still increasing their output, but you know, not finding anything new. That's a big problem. Okay, just thought I'd throw that out there to you. Let's go back to InvestTalk Voice Bank for another caller question. It's, it came in earlier from uh, South Carolina on 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve Justin. Joe from Greenville, South Carolina, giving you a call. A uh, question about investing during a time like this. For example, I'm looking at VOO, and as I look at it, it's down to $350 range. I have about ten thousand to fifteen thousand dollars just sitting on the sideline that I would like to get in to the market, but what are some signals that you look for in the market that signal maybe it's at the bottom and maybe we've seen the end of it falling? I know there's no crystal ball, but hopefully you guys have some signals that you look for when the market starts to flatten out, starts to retrace. What are some things you look for to try and get in towards the bottom of the market. I'll be listening for the answer on the podcast. Thanks so much. Love the show, guys. 
Well, you never guess at the bottom. No one really knows. So um, I will answer the question, but I don't want you to be people to think that, I okay, this is the bottom and I know where it is. When everybody ever says that, they're lying. They don't know. But I can tell you that I wouldn't mind do- starting to dollar cost average some money into the market at this point. That's, it bounced here uh, the last two, day, two three days. Uh, so it's, it's testing this area as a low. Uh, can it be the low? It's possible, but I don't think so. Only because I know the Fed is still going to raise rates, but the market knows that too. So some of that's built in already. So what you want to run what you really want to look for is is something more tangible, like inflation rates pausing. Maybe the inflation rate will start to ease back. That's a good signal that maybe the market is. Is, will stop going down. Why? Because the Fed will look at the same thing you are and I am, and they're saying, okay, inflation is starting to come down. Maybe we'll slow down our interest rate raising ways, you know, and they'll start to slow that process down. The market will like that. You know, remember, the market likes easy money, not tight money. And right now, as the Fed tightens uh, raises interest rates, that tightens money, and they're going to let their balance sheet start to run off. That tightens money, and therefore the market uh, will slow down because the economy will slow down. Talked about the opening of the show. You know, the the background infra, the background picture is that the Fed is uh, tightening money supply. And that reduces economic activity, that reduces profit margins, profits and profit margins for corporations, blah, 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 blah. Okay? So that's where the process. So that's why I don't think we're done with the fall, but it could be, because I don't know the answer for sure. No one does. Okay? I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Invest Talk program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about the show, the free podcast. Get your downloads anytime at iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Please be sure to review and rate us on iTunes if that's where you get your downloads. A positive rating helps uh, increase our profile. We like to raise the profile of the company, of the show. We really do. Independent thinking and share success. This is Invest Talk. Good night, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART.